Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our next guest is... Hello and welcome to another Our Next Guest Is. This is a conversation where we're meeting the country's leading speakers and entertainers in the corporate and events world and we meet the person behind the reputation. My name's Michael Pope and I'm here with Carson White from Leading Voice. Carson, who is our next guest? Our next guest began his professional life as a pharmacist, building a small pharmacy empire in Melbourne, only to give it away at the age of 36 to pursue his martial arts dream and form his new business, Black Belt in Excellence. Educating people all over the world and empowering them to achieve excellence in their own lives, he has a relentless focus to help people to be the best they can be. And today he joins us, not surprisingly, looking very sharp in shoes, trousers and a very shiny black belt. Please welcome Peter Turin. Oh, you're a funny man, Castle <laughs> Welcome, Peter. So from selling drugs to being a martial arts heavy, have you pe- appeared in Underbelly? Is this where I'm <laughs> seeing the face? <laughs> Well, it's quite be, a journey. Well, it is a journey, but that doesn't mean that I'm not still selling drugs, Michael. It's just, and thanks for you know, 36 years of age giving it up. I actually stayed in a little bit longer. I had 20 years of owning and operating pharmacies. Where did I get 36? So from? that's when I started martial arts. So, oh, but I was, right, but I was so. doing that while I still owned pharmacies, that's right, um, with so. no idea what you know what I was doing it for. Yeah, it was just. I'll, a, I'll have to get a fact checker onto that. Yeah, next if you wouldn't, if yeah. you wouldn't mind working a little bit harder on Google, but it's yeah. uh, it was a dream I'd had as an eight year old kid to achieve a black belt in martial arts, and. Um, but of course, it was impossible to achieve it between the age of eight and thirty-six because I never had the courage to get into the game. Or, um, or, or I imagine the time because you're a successful business owner. Yeah, look, Mike, I got to say that uh, the work I do today wouldn't be happening uh, without my world of pharmacy. So um, I own three pharmacies. Mm-hmm. I had one in uh, an area in Melbourne called the Turak Village, which is the prestige area in Melbourne, and uh, that really set me up for everything else that I've done in my life. Um, certainly professionally and commercially, had a couple of pharmacies also in the CBD. But pharmacy, I'm, I loved it. I'm in, incredibly passionate about what I do, but it's sort of like all in or all out. So you were a successful business owner, and, and we'll drill down in a minute about the kind of take-homes from that that you bring to yeah. the stage. What was happening in your life to kick you out of that and into where you are now? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because um, I'm a creature of habit. Um, I'm not that I'm into the stars, but I'm a liberal, and uh, for me to have uh, made that monumental decision to – everything that I'd done up until that point in my life, you know, going from school to pharmacy college to owning pharmacies and 20 years of owning pharmacies, it became my decision, not our decision. And by that, what I mean was my wife was not terribly happy with me that I'd sold the pharmacies, Mm. you know, three kids at private (laughs) schools. Mm. You had some Um, responsibilities. Yeah, I really did. And that was the cash flow. The pharmacies were wonderful to us and uh, we clearly did it very, very well. I say we because I was captain of the team. Uh, my greatest skill set was unlocking the door in the morning, and then I'd watch my my awesome team, and I was good at it too. I mean, like, I mean in fact, world's people, best. A lot of people turned to the right, but you knew to turn yeah. to the left. Well, the locks were down low, and I could oh, do it knee spent, left handed, right handed, and safety the, first, safety first. And then I'd, I'd push those doors open and watch my team of people bring my business to life. But, but, but all jokes aside, let's just yeah. drill down in that. I, I'm imagining that's one of the nuggets that you leave your audiences with about leadership. Uh, look, there's no question about that, and you know, there's only one form of leadership as we know and that's by example and uh, for me uh, I learned oh, look I'm a really simple guy you know when you've sold jelly beans and razor blades for 20 years of your life <laughs> yep. it, it, it doesn't need to be complicated and can I tell it's you a small shop it, it, it wasn't a big shop <laughs> people so want to complicate everything and for me I learned very very early on that if I took care of my people my people took care of my customers and the side effect of all of that pharmacy speak was we grew an awesome bottom line and you know I'm told that you know Look, I wrote a book called Be the Best You Can Be. There's a whole chapter devoted to the word care, C-A-R-E. 
As a retailer, I was told that customers are really everything. Yep. But I learned, in fact, that my colleagues, my, my team members were really everything. And if I took care of them, I mean, genuinely, from the heart, got to know my people, what mattered most to them. Mm. They were integral to my success. And uh, I was asked a question on stage one day. Uh, the, the MC got a little bit excited when I finished speaking. And he said, Pete, would you mind if we threw this open to Q&A? I said, no, I love a Q&A because you can't contrive that. And yeah. first gentleman, auditorium, there are a 1,000 people, so you can't give silly answers. A gentleman stood up and he said, Pete, thank you so much for today. Can I ask you, what are you proudest of in the years of owning pharmacies? Now, I've never been asked that before, Yeah, it's Mike, a good question. It was an amazing question. And bleh, what just came out of my mouth, and to this day I'm still fiercely proud of this, is the length of time that people stayed with me. Because mm. that's not about me. That's about what we created mm, together that environment yeah. well and what we did was our, our focus was on creating environments that brought the best out in our people and so of course on stage today yeah of course i talk about it so you're, you're painting a glorious environment where your staff are happy and and your wife's happy but something made you give it up well as i said before I'm, look i'm really passionate about what i do and i after 20 years of owning pharmacies i uh, was starting inwardly just to struggle a little bit with that passion and I can't just go through the motions. You know, I can't arrive at work at 9 o'clock, be brain dead till 5 o'clock and then come to life after work. Sure. And as I said, I loved what I did. Pharmacy was amazing for me. And my wife was a major contributor there too, by the way. I mean, my wife has a law degree but worked you know, a couple of days in the pharmacies, you know, looking after kids, and uh, now she has her own business. But it, it was us. You know, we, you know, we did this together. And for me, I got to a stage where I thought, I wonder whether there's life outside the four walls of a pharmacy. It wasn't like I just had a little crack at it. You know, I did my apprenticeship. 20 years is yeah. not, not too shabby. I was coaching junior footy, actually. I was coaching junior Australian rules football. And every Sunday, I noticed that more and more mums and dads and grandmas and grandpas came to the footy to listen to me talk. Now, I know you're not going to believe this. I know you're not going to believe this. Rather than seeing their kids play. Is that what you're telling me? And so I know you're not going to believe this, but I, in fact, was an ego completely out of control. I was on stage every Sunday. I had more and more. I had an audience. What a great apprenticeship. I don't think there's a professional speaker in Australia that actually has started their career as a, a junior football coach. Well, Carson... When you're coaching, I, like, I love kids. Um, kids are my passion. And I was coaching 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids. And when you, when you really stop and think about it, it's no different to the corporate world. I'm mm. creating environments that brings the best out in people. I'm creating environments that I hope people are drawn to. I want these kids to be the best that they can be. But I want them to be better tomorrow than they are today. Yeah. So we focus on having fun. Mm. We focus on continual improvement. We focus on teamwork and excellence and leadership and preparation does that sound like the corporate world to you? <laughs> Very this much. Was, this was, the only and difference being you kind of you don't ruffle the head. You of put a, a bit CEO. of fun in there that, <laughs> uh, uh, as well, it and you don't all get in the showers afterwards. So, so, um, <laughs> so just take us take us back to so you're doing pharmacy. You've got three pharmacy successful pharmacies. They're yep. all going well. You've had this yep. recognition that you want to do martial arts. So that was tough. Tell us that experience. All my talking in the early days was around customer service and taking on the big boys and winning. Because the pharmacy that I bought in the Turak Village in Melbourne, there were six pharmacies in one tiny retail strip. I sought guidance and counsel from all the business legends of the day. And uh, when I asked them about buying a business there, I had never heard the two F words used so frequently in their response to me. They said, Pete, if you continue down this path to buy that business, you would be a complete fool. And if you're foolish enough to continue doing this, you will fail. And that's all I heard was full fail, full fail. Well, you failed, you're a fool, and we told you so anyway. 
Note to self, you know, yeah. if you go through life listening to the negative nonsense of other people, then you would never do anything at all. And, of course, I was only about 27 years of age at that time. And when you tell a, a kid of that age categorically don't do something, mm. well, what are you going to do? I'll do it. So yeah. we did. We went and bought the business. And over the next 14 years in that business, we turned the six pharmacies in that tiny retail strip into two. And we were one of the two surviving, thriving businesses. And so people wanted to know, well, what were you doing? What were you doing that was so overwhelming? And so on. So we take them on a journey. Yeah, we yeah. take them on, but, a but on a journey. But on a personal note, though, you, you started your, your Taekwondo training. And while I, was, I, while I owned pharmacies. While you owned pharmacies. And you were getting up pretty early from when uh, you – All I know is 4 o'clock early. I, um, wife, <laughs> wife, three kids. Because I, I, um, I didn't want it to interfere with, with life. Yeah. And I love my kids. And I, I needed to be there for breakfast in the morning. And I needed to be there when they got home at night or for story time at night time. So one of the things today around the world that I talk about is really harmony in life and designing your own success. And what are the things that matter to you? Because I'm, I, I, mean, I'm, I rub shoulders with CEOs and presidents of companies that have children who they don't know. Mm. They could buy and sell me you know, you know, millions of times over. And on some, one, one actually said to me, Peter, I've made more money in this lifetime than I could spend in 10 lifetimes. I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old and I don't know either mm. of them. Yeah. Mm. So we've got to be really clear on what matters most to you. And I was kind of living that, and my kids were not negotiable. That was, you know, that was something for me that I needed to see my children every day. And when I owned pharmacies, I did. So martial arts was something that I took up at the age of 36. I still own pharmacies for another, I think, five or six years after, you know, after that. Did you apply that passion and that uh, business sense to getting your black belt, to getting to the ultimate in martial yeah, arts? Yeah, well, that's an awesome question because, um, yeah, I, if, if you stop and think, Mike, that it was a dream I'd had as an eight-year-old kid. Yes, yes. Uh, I didn't start till I was thirty-six. Um, Did you feel tall in those classes? I was. <laughs> I, I was the oldest, the ugliest. No, that's very funny coming from, from you. I, uh, <laughs> but anyway, go. On. There were adults in that class too. Oh, just, right. This right, was right. not a kids' class that I was actually partaking <laughs> in. Although you. I did start with my then six-year-old oldest son. He was six. Oh, I was fantastic. 36. Fantastic. So it was brilliant. And he did the kids' class, and of course, and he's now sort of six foot three and massive, <laughs> and and cried his whole way through his first class, which he. Th- thinks is incredibly amusing today yeah but it really was it was the beginning of something quite remarkable for me and i talk about you know not ever allowing awkward and uncomfortable stop you from getting into the game and here's me really awkward really uncomfortable i was the oldest the ugliest the worst the only one with gray hair Mm. starting on a on a new adventure Mm. and that was to achieve a black belt in martial arts and and it wasn't always easy you know juggling pharmacies with kids with training and that's why out of necessity, Carson, to your point, yeah, I had to train at, at, at odd times. And if it meant training at 4 o'clock in the morning, you did whatever it took to achieve that which you say was important to you. And that was my dream. And when you reached that black belt, I believe you looked backwards and learnt from the lessons that you learnt in achieving that and you've applied that to business somehow. Mike, it's my life today. Can you believe that I actually use martial arts as a metaphor all around the world? Right. So when I'm working with companies and working with uh, presidents and CEOs of companies – I think one of the things that they love about that is the fact that it's, there's real structure. Mm. Bla- your black belt is your vision. But at some point in time, you have to have the courage to get into the game. Mm. That's the start. Go and buy the uniform. Okay, Make the call. Ask for help. Is that your observation of what's holding back a lot of individuals and companies, that they're uh, fearful of taking the first step? Yeah, I think we both know the answer to that question, don't we? You know, it's absolutely yes. And, and it keeps me honest, though, too, because you know, if I'm out there talking and encouraging people to get into the game – um, then I've got to make sure that I'm, I'm 
delivering on this as well. Yeah. One of your favourite sayings is easy to do, easy not to do. Cassie, not only is it one of my favourite sayings, I own it. You I, own I, it. Have I you got the trademark it. on it? I actually have the trademark on, on that saying. You've got yeah. the merch, T-shirts t- 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 available. No, I, want to talk, I want to talk to you about the commercial, how we bring this to life, <laughs> okay, okay, the, from the yeah. book of Carson. But, 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 but easy to, to do, up? easy not to do. I use it in my my. Well, as long as, you've, as, long you, as you give credit. You have to pay him now. That's clear. The royalties are slow coming through, though, Carson. What do you mean by it? Let's not confuse easy to do, easy not to do. I'm not saying that to be fit and healthy for someone that's not played sports since they've left school is easy to do. Let's not be naive about it. But two sit-ups and two push-ups is easy to do. It's easy not to do. The beautiful thing about this is that you have the power of choice. I'm not saying that to, to, to fix a fractured relationship is easy to do, easy not to do. But to send somebody a text message saying... I love you, I'm thinking of you, can't wait to see you on the weekend. That message is easy to send, it's easy not to send. And again, you have the power of choice. Again, I'm not saying around cultures and organisations. If you've got a culture that's seriously struggling, I'm not saying that that's easy to fix, it's easy not to fix. And the thing about easy to do, easy not to do is it just breaks it down into a a bite-sized chunk that they get. Um, If we do nothing else inside a conference room, we do create motion. And I think that... I'm able to do it in a way that people go, uh-huh, I really do understand that mm. and encourage them to get into the game. Clearly, you're very busy getting those messages out in other ways. You release these little bite-sized nuggets that I like to call them for anyone who, who wants to absorb them. You follow them. me. You get yeah. just Peter Turin on LinkedIn and, and that's how we learn and grow. Mm. You know, for me, if I think of the three words that I try and bring to life with companies, you know, is perform. In other words, make a start, achieve and grow. Yeah. You know, it's and that's what these videos I, I hope do. And and I'm look, I'm not gonna lie to you, I have a lot of fun doing them and to get in front of the camera with these with my young social media team and we kind of just think of a theme. They just throw a theme at me and we just bang, we just go and we just talk about it. That's great. And I imagine it's those three big words that you've put in a book. Thank you so much for even just mentioning the book, Mike, because I'm so proud of it. So I wrote a book and it's called Be the Best You Can Be and it was written a lot of years ago. We've reworked it, but it's raised a lot of money for kids' charities. Mike, I'm very passionate about kids. from you know, coaching kids and I love my kids. I've I've got two other little people in my life right now as well, um, little grandchildren. Um, I know it's amazing at 37 years of age to have grandchildren. But, <laughs> but it's, it's amazing uh, that you think you're 37. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I'll do the funny stuff, all right? You just okay. ask the questions. Yeah, and, sure. um, so, and to think that I've written a book called Be the Best You Can Be, and it does – I'm happy to talk to the corporate world about um, giving uh, serious percentages of that book to charity. Mm. And, I, and, and people – blow me away. I, I'll give you one, well, two little examples. One, I was um, speaking in, in uh, interstate and to a business that was really struggling and six, six books. I said, look, rather than giving those away, let's auction them for, it was for um, a serious kids charity for kids that were really struggling here in Australia. Oh, great. And uh, six books, one person just said, I'll give you $500 for a book. They retail for $25. <laughs> oh, fabulous. So he set the benchmark. So five people gave me $500 and one person gave me $1,000. Wow. In 90 seconds, yeah. we raised $3,500 for this kid's charity. And the people who were in the room representing the charity, people were crying. I was in America speaking and the president of that particular company was the patron of a kid's charity. I said, would you mind if... We try to raise a little bit of money for your charity on stage because I didn't know whether she would go along with it or not. And she looked at me and she said, Peter, whatever you raise on stage, I will match mm-hmm. dollar for dollar. Great. I took 25 books with me to, to the US. <laughs> yes. And we got $200 a book, okay, oh, in, in, in a minute, in a minute. Yeah. There's $5,000. She put – we gave 10 
$8,000 to underprivileged children. So that's why I that's love fantastic. talking. And that's only a quarter of your fee. Is it? <laughs> that is brilliant, Peter. <laughs> but it makes that. <laughs> Peter, I wanted, I wanted to say that uh, the, the linking business back into the martial arts world is, is obviously very smart. You do that on stage in a really clever way, which is actually getting someone up to, to break boards. There has to be a reason for it. And if you think about what we've been talking about today, about having the courage to get into the game, you know, a board won't break by itself. It's the metaphor that the board brings to the audience. Exactly right. So sometimes I'll take them with me. I, I often get asked to bring them with me, but by choice now I don't. I don't really need them. But yep. it's it's powerful. It's visual, and when mm. people, you know, I just come off stage into um, interstate now for an overseas company that's just been here in Australia, and uh, we had a lot of fun with it. We really did. And the beautiful thing about it was that, and this is one of the great privileges that we have as a speaker, is that uh, these people were some Indian people that came up on stage to break these boards. Then one of their families um, to to see what you know, dad had done and what yeah, mum had done, and then right. we had family photos and sitting down and talking to the kids about the kids being the best that they could be. And I think I pinch myself and I think, just so privileged. Just so privileged. That's Blessed. great. Before we began this conversation, you and I were talking about credibility and continuity that you're very much finding in your work. Mike, I think those two words are so important. I was sharing with you a conversation I had this morning that I've just come home from a conference and this company here, we've, and literally we've came home last week and I got the phone call this morning, would I speak at next year's conference? And I thought, That's wow, good. I pitched myself and I think, how beautiful is that? These were small business people. These were franchise owners. I come from 20 years of owning small business. But the key to them was they were over having people on stage speaking about stuff that they have never, never ever done. Right. And in the world of small business, you'll get found out really, really quickly. Uh, I can tell you almost straight away within 20 seconds when you open your mouth whether you've actually done what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. And the fact that they weren't onto the next best thing or the next quick fix, they wanted to now reinforce the messaging Make sure we deliver on the promises that we made at conference this year. Mm. And over the next 12 months, I'm going shoulder to shoulder with them. So I'm not just speaking at the conference next year. Part of what I'm doing with them is the consulting work and mentoring to ensure that we, one, maintain momentum and to bring to life the goals that we set at this conference. Because that's a value add that you do offer to clients, isn't it, if they want pre-event and post-event. It's not just the 45 minutes on stage. No, yes, spot on, mate. I, I, look, I did a, a, a promo video and I talk about the work that's done before the event. Um, I do ridiculous homework. I, I, when I say ridiculous, no one would believe how much time is invested in the homework that I would do before I go on stage. Yeah. But that is a pure respect issue that I am privileged to be invited and out of respect, I need to understand this business, what matters most to them, who their competition is, what their goals, what their aspirations, what their dreams are. Then I go on stage and hopefully entertain, inform, enlighten, inspire, challenge, all the things that we're supposed to do on stage, but then I go shoulder to shoulder with them after the event Mm. to maintain momentum and work with them to bring to life the goals that they say are important to them. That's fantastic. You say, hopefully, I have no doubt that that is exactly the case. Peter, you started this conversation by saying that you did walk the talk. You were a pharmacist for 20-odd years, and then a sporting energy got into your life, and you've married the two so beautifully. And the take-homes, just from the 20 minutes we've been talking, are really crystal clear. Thanks for your time, and I look forward to introducing you sometime on stage soon. Can't wait. This has been a joy speaking to you in the cast, and it has been an absolute joy. Thank you. And if you'd love to have Peter's enthusiasm and energy at your event, please go to the World Wide Web, peterturin.com. You've been listening to Carson White from Leading Voice and your MC, Michael Pope, with our next guest is... 
More guests can be found through iTunes or just visit www.ournextguestis.com.au. But until next time, let's take a break.